0: Well, Ben, I said to you on the pregame show earlier this afternoon that our, our many friends across Jays Nation and, and certainly the team itself were in desperate need of a win to end this series just to, I think, feel better about everything on the team. Like, they needed one come hell or high water, and uh, they got it today. They, they avoid the brooms of the Cubs, an 11-4 win over Chicago here at the Rogers Center. A great game for Varsho, for Ryu, four-hit wits makes an appearance the bullpen in large part played very well De Young even cashes in a run like all in all the jays head into a long-awaited off day on a very positive note which is a good thing no matter how you slice it
1: yeah even more than a win an emphatic win. Yeah. like they, they didn't win three to one today because hyunjin we, ryu was really good and he was really good but they won because of their offense today and they won because of a home run they won because of some hits with runners in scoring position. They won because of production one through nine without without some of their major contributors being, you know, Bo Bichette, Kevin Kiermeyer, Matt Chapman in this lineup today. It was one of the more complete wins of the season, I think, for the Blue Jays. And look, one win by far does not solve everything. But there were at least a, a lot of huge positives that the Blue Jays could take away from this game individually.
0: Yeah, I always like to say one loss should never necessarily in and of itself be a referendum on the season. I think for kind of in the same same balance, one gigantic win shouldn't also change any, any opinions over one major thing. You can always take positives and or negatives from probably every single game, but certainly uh, the Blue Jays grabbing an emphatic win, like you're saying, over the Cubs, one of the hotter teams in baseball, avoiding – the sweep finally letting the offense doing some talking in that 11-4 win is always a positive. Uh, welcome to J-Stock, of course, across the Sportsnet radio network, streaming live on Sportsnet.ca and the Sportsnet app. I'm Show Alley. That's Ben Shulman. We're taking your calls and texts. Phone lines are open, as always, 416-870-0590, 590 star 590 on your cellular device. 590-590 is where you can text us. That's the people's text line, and it is always open. And, uh, Ben, off day tomorrow. So here's what I'd, I'd like. We can talk about anything anyone wants to talk about, certainly, phone lines or text line. But uh, Jay is now looking ahead to an eight-game stretch that's see 2 at home against the Phillies, three on the road against Cincy, three on the road against Baltimore. So here's our question. Like, what is an acceptable record in that eight-game stretch? Because it's a big stretch. After that eight-game stretch, which will be at the end of August, leading into September a little bit, uh, there's there's some quote unquote easier games in there but you know the Phillies playing re- relatively well the Reds have been much much better than people have thought this year all things considered and certainly the Orioles have been the Orioles and have, have punished the Blue Jays for much of the year so an eight-game stretch that goes against Philly and then into Cincinnati, and Baltimore. What is an acceptable record for you in those eight games? And I'm curious what your thoughts are.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, I, I probably will end up being uh, a little bit lower on that total than I would guess most of our Techs are. Who okay. knows? But I, I really think if you're the Blue Jays and you considering also that, you know, that's a series on the road in Cincinnati and on the road in Baltimore – uh, a team you've beaten once this season, twice, I think. Uh, Twice, Yeah. sorry, twice this season. Uh, one of them coming at, at Oriole park at Camden yards. I, I think really like four or five wins out of those eight games, I, I think is fine. Do I think it's like the greatest thing on the planet? No, but you're talking about a, a Philly team. That's very evenly matched with the blue Jays right now and playing better baseball than they were earlier in the season. They also, had you know in the previous two game series against the blue jays had the mini sweep of of two games there and then you look at cincinnati like you said much better than they were expected to be i will i will say you know if, if there's a pathway to winning maybe five games in this stretch i think you have to beat cincinnati in this series they've only won two out of their last 10 games their pitching is is definitely starting to kind of rear its ugly head and the fact of just some inexperience and and they truly weren't setting up to be a playoff team this year. And some of that was reflected by their lack of movement at the trade deadline. And then Baltimore is a, is a buzzsaw. I mean, that, that is a team right now that the Blue Jays are having a lot of trouble with. So, you know, it it would be great for the Blue Jays, no doubt if they were able to win five or six games there, but if they win four going into a stretch where they play Cleveland and then four last place baseball teams in a row, Mm -hmm. I, I think that works all right for them because even if they give up some ground to teams behind them over the next bit, they in theory should gain a lot of ground when you go up against, like, Washington. It might not exactly be this order, but it's Washington, Colorado, Kansas City, and Oakland yeah. in a four-series run. I, I, I think if you could just manage until then, you'll be okay.
0: Yeah, I, w- I would agree with you. I think for me – Probably it's a four and four record is the is the minimum I would kind of expect, yeah. and maybe five and three is would be viewed as acceptable. I see Derek Sullivan on Twitter uh, tweets and say he, he he just says five and three is short and sweet from Derek. So five and three from him. Uh, Jay in London says five and three. Peter in Calgary on the text line. From both Jay and Peter, uh, Peter says uh, six and two, so uh, higher expectations.
1: Hey. Peter, but hey, Which I mean, is like, fair. that's fair.
0: Yeah, that's hey, what it I
1: is. mean, it's fair. <laughs> I, I'm a little less optimistic, but I, but hey, this could be a a big day for the offense. Cincinnati is a huge uh, pro offense environment. Maybe that works in the Blue Jays' favor with a pitching first team. Maybe they can continue to pitch well and hit really well in Cincinnati, but it it, ha- it would have to start if they're going to go six and two, even five and three, probably yeah. with a two game sweep over Philly. You would think
0: so. Yeah, I, w- I would tend to agree. Uh, so that's our question. What's the uh, an acceptable record for the upcoming eight game stretch versus Philly at home at Cincy against the Reds at Baltimore? against the Orioles at Camden Yards. Text your answers to five ninety five ninety. name and location, or give us a call as well. 416-870-0590, star 590 on your cell. All right, let's chat about today's game, Ben, a little bit while we wait for some uh, more texts and calls to trickle in. I uh, want to start with Hyunjin Ryu. I guess we could kind of start with either Ryu or Varsho, but you know what, I want to talk about Ryu because certainly... The last time out did not end the way he wanted it to because of the the, the hit off the knee kind of was some, some fear that know, broken kneecap or he f- kind of fell in an awkward way too, maybe something with with that. But uh, ultimately he, he went through some swelling. It was fine. He made his next start, which was today. Five innings pitched, two hits, two runs, neither of which were earned because of an error early on. Two walks, three strikeouts, 86 pitches thrown for Hyunjin Ryu, like for me, I, I was mostly looking at the the where his fastball would be located because you know Hyunjin Ryu is is not gonna like his what his fastball topped out today at like ninety miles an hour. That's not a shock because that's just what Hyunjin Ryu is and largely always has been. So looking at fastball location, looking at certainly what he's gonna do with the changeup, but one of his best pitches, I would say. So you know you, you knew about the velo thing, but the changeup, I would say pretty good like a lot, got a lot yeah, of strikeouts off the off the off, the, off the, the changeup and even that fastball to Swanson the only two runs he gave up in the first inning so it was a 90 mile an hour fastball kind of low and in not the worst not the most terribly located pitch frankly and Swanson like honest to God could not have walked out to the line and placed that ball on the chalk any better than he did to cash in a few runs but the crazy thing is, Ben. Ryu threw, what, 30-31 pitches in the first inning, and he ended his day through five with 86 pitches. So that basically means he threw 55-56 pitches through innings two through five, which ah, is pretty efficient, all things considered.
1: Yeah, I, I think he got ahead a lot. Uh, he threw, you know, over 50% first pitch strikes, and a lot of the time getting ahead is not necessarily even just after the first pitch, but if you can be ahead after the third pitch, if it's one and two instead of two and one, then you're in a really good spot going forward. And I just think he had guys a little bit on the back foot for a lot of the day. He gave up one hit in that first inning. He gave up one hit the rest of the day. And it was, you know, you had mentioned the the 31 pitches. The hit he gives up to Swanson, I agree, not a terrible pitch. And it was also like his 27th pitch of the inning or something like that, which for anyone, it's going to be a lot harder to locate pitch 27 in an inning than pitch seven in an inning. And I I just think that you saw a lot of what – Ryu can bring to the Blue Jays in this start Uh, of of course the pinpoint accuracy I think was there the ability to induce weak contact because he goes through five innings only gives up two hits but only strikes out three I mean he's just not a a huge strikeout guy but also I I think a huge thing and potentially a reason here that he can stick in this five starter role and, and right now Manoa will go work on some things is Ryu is such a veteran I mean this game started about as poorly as it could have started for the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah. An error from Brandon Belt at first that keeps an inning going longer than it should have. It, it wasn't with two outs, but if you, like, retrace could, the it inning. Could have been a double play, perhaps. Could have been a double play, okay. true, to end the inning. Not to mention, Ryu ended up getting two outs before any runs scored. Yeah. So, like, even if just one out is made on that play, it in theory should have been a, an inning ender. And Ryu keeps the Blue Jays just in the game obviously he gets the help with the five runs in the bottom of the second but he comes out pitches a very efficient second inning the Blue Jays take the lead and he just keeps rolling from there I, I think you know that the moment's not going to get big for Ryu yeah. I, I don't really think at all in his major league career you've seen a lot of frustration ever from Hyunjin Ryu like he is just going to go out That's a good point actually I don't and, think I really ever remember seeing him show like any sort of
0: negative emotion
1: no, I, I think he just goes out there and he focuses on making the next pitch every single time that he's getting into that wind. And that's huge for a team that, you know, I think at a minimum is just searching for consistency out of the five spot in the rotation.
0: And that's what it is, right? Like with given what you, I'm not saying this to bag on Alec Manoa whatsoever, but but it's just like, given that he has been for so much of the season, Manoa, your, your quote unquote fifth starter, when that's not what you expected from him, getting what you've gotten from Ryu apart from like the first inning against the Orioles and his very first start back when he got basically ambushed by them. But I mean, for the rest of that game, for the entire game against Cleveland, and then I would say for most of the game, if not the entire game today, he has been so good. And that's exactly what you want from your effective number five pitcher. Like that's, that is well, that is kind of what Ryu is right now beyond when you look at the status of Gosman, Barrios, Bassett, and Kikuchi. You look at the engine Ryu, that's, that is his role. And I think you absolutely take two runs neither of which were earned over five innings from probably any five starter in the entirety of major league baseball like probably I would yeah say. i think so and uh it's it's like yeah like, could he have also come back out for the six and 86 pitchers like yeah like maybe i suppose but they are coming tomorrow you can get a little deeper into the bullpen earlier that's pretty much exactly what john schneider did so i i don't really have an issue with it
1: yeah, I think the Blue Jays provide the runway to just give Ryu a little bit of rest here. They they had a need to push starters deep when they had six starters. They don't need that as much anymore at this point. And I, I think that the Blue Jays' offense really helped him out there. And, again, I do want to reiterate, too, like I, this is not in a situation to rag on Manoa. Manoa right. is a 25-year-old in his second full season of Major League Baseball. Ryu, just by nature of who he is, is probably going to be better in a situation like that where there's some early runs he's 36 years old he's been an all-star he's been a Cy Young finalist multiple times yep. he's in his 10th major league season after several really successful seasons in the KBO led he's the just, league
0: in ERA that one year yeah he
1: won the ERA title he, he led all of major league baseball yeah. in ERA in 2019 uh, he's just someone who's been in that position many 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 times and has pitched out of it many times, and I think that really showed today. And and if the last two starts are any indication over what you can get from Hyunjin Ryu, it has to be really exciting for Blue Jays fans that that is kind of your starting pitcher deadline acquisition, as we had, like, semi-sarcastically <laughs> joked about for a while that earlier in the season. I,
0: I honestly did not think it would be all that true, but it uh, kind of looks like it might be. If yeah, it, if it keeps it's up. Yeah, yeah, it's still early. It's
1: still early, but uh, the early sample returns – Like, the first two innings he's pitched are poor. After that, he's thrown now three innings to finish. The Baltimore start with one run allowed, four innings scoreless against Cleveland. Five innings, I say scoreless. I know there were two runs, but without an earned run. Mm -hmm. So his last 12 innings, he's allowed a single earned run. It's pretty good.
0: Pretty good. Pretty good from Hyunjin Ryu, whose uh, heart rate uh, does not seem to get very high for uh, pretty much ever, I would say, certainly in his Blue Jays career, probably for his Dodgers and KBO career as well. But... He has been great, and he was great today. Uh, let's go to the phones. Ben, 416-870-0590, star 590 on your cell. Russ, joining us from New Jersey. Russ, what's on your mind?
2: Good. No, I don't want anyone calling out the time told, Dalton of our show. You know, he's out of it. You know what I mean? He's out of the slump. <laughs> Big day. But, you know, obviously it's a good win. I said this on your show two, two, uh, the Tuesday of the, the uh, trading deadline. Seattle's going to be the toughest team. You see what Seattle's doing to Baltimore. They gave up two runs the first game, <laughs> zero yesterday, but they lost in the tenth inning. You know, with the runner on second, uh, they're playing today. That team can pitch. I, I, I honestly think that the team that might fall back is is Tampa Bay. And I don't know if you discuss this, but they have so many injuries in the pitch in the pitching. You know, I, I don't know how Cleveland scores as many runs as they did in the last two days because I didn't think they could score more than three after watching them against the Blue Jays with all those, you know, guys just having bad at-bats. But I, I think you're really, you know, you got you have to look at Seattle's schedule. And you, you, you talked about the Cleveland, you know, you're going to play Oakland and you're going to play KC, the Blue Jays. But Seattle has an easier schedule. I think they play Oakland twice and they play KC and they play the Mets and they play maybe the White Sox in there. So, you know what? Seattle, you know, I think they're really the team right now. You know, remember something? I think the Blue Jays basically lose except maybe Houston most of the tiebreakers because they're they're, you know, their uh, you know, their division records going to be terrible. So if it's a team that you even you're even on like Seattle, you're going to lose the tiebreaker. So, you know, the team that I most fear is Seattle. I think Tampa is possible with all their injuries to fall back, and you know to, you, you you see in the last few days giving up all those runs to Cleveland. They can't pitch right now because half their starters are out. So you know it's a big win, but we, you know you can't just say four and four. We got to do. We got to go five and three. You're playing Philly okay. at home two games. You know you play you play the Reds. They're a decent team, good team, but you can beat them two out of three. And you know what? It's time you beat Baltimore a series this year. It's time hey, you Russ. did it. Yeah,
0: you know, I, 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 hope, agree, hope. I agree with you. I 100% agree with you. Thank you for the call and, and for joining us here on on J Stock. Yeah, I mean Russ goes with Ben five and three, and, and I agree with him that you you do need to start beating. You can't just only beat up on the bad teams. Like you do need to beat the good teams at at some point, whether for it's sure. in the wild card or whether it's in the playoffs or just ahead of you in the regular season. So Russ is absolutely right. So maybe this is the time for them to do it when they head to Baltimore next week. But so Russ says five and three. Um, I'm going to read you some of these texts as well, the text sure. line. Okay, five five ninety five ninety name and location. Mike in Kingston says, ideally 5 and 3 would be acceptable. It's a 62% winning percentage. Uh, I do remember Mike, Mike did text yesterday. He said, I hope they do better today in my text to you. And they did. So there you go, Mike. Uh, coming yeah. through for Mike and everyone else here. <laughs> I see uh, uh, DB in London showing, Ben, 4 and 4 would be acceptable. Five and three is desirable, perhaps unrealistic. Uh, Jared in Calgary says, I think the Jays must. And must is in all, uh, all caps, Ben. I think the Jays must go six and two. And uh, Madden Halifax, uh, great to see Varsho get the team on the board. We'll talk about him in a sec. Uh, Good to see DeYoung get in on the fun. I'd be happy with a five and three record. Four and four would be acceptable as well. So, yeah, I think everyone seems to start with a, with a 500 road trip or pardon me, 500 just next eight games because, of course, this Philly
1: series is here at the Rogers Center. But yeah. but
0: f- f- four and four seems to be where everyone is starting.
1: Yeah, and and I understand Russ going to the five and three as well. I, I think I just land at least presently still slightly more pessimistic on <laughs> on the ability for them to, to beat the Baltimore Orioles in a series. I agree that it's time for them to do it, but they have had some really, really just – demoralizing losses to this Orioles team and I mean they have started a hot streak that has continued for weeks now for Ryan Mountcastle who was really floundering uh kind of before that so if you don't beat Baltimore in a series then you have to sweep one of the two series before that right maybe the Reds are a sweepable team I mean I will say the the Reds have not played well so potentially they're a sweepable team Philly just is getting pretty hot right now it's hard but I understand it. I mean, I mean, there's a definite chance that if you go four and four, Seattle does pass you. They have some of their easier series too coming up right now, whereas the Blue Jays, it's in a couple weeks.
0: I uh, see a text here on the text line. If you remember yesterday, Ben uh, Grecian from Toronto, I texted in yesterday. It was something along the lines of I'm paraphrasing, but I think it was just sometimes game bad. Yes, yeah, sometimes you, game good. Is well, you know, what? I, I think that could have been a, a very easy one. Uh, they 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 texted in. Uh, yesterday game bad today game good nice very nice yeah
1: (laughs) and that's baseball
0: that that's baseball (laughs) Uh, man Wayne in Nanaimo says a great start for Ryu today I'm happy to see him rebound after that comebacker last week let's hope this version of Varsho shows up consistently happy Sunday Jays fans and uh, certainly we mentioned Matt from Halifax saying great to see Varsho get the team on the board, and look, we got to talk about Dalton Varsho, Ben. He was for phenomenal sure. today. What a game for him, right? The three-run jack in the second, a sharp two-run single with the bases loaded in the fourth. So five RBIs for him today, a single-game career high. Uh, it's just the fourth time this season the Blue Jay has recorded five or more RBI in a single game. They flashed that on the scoreboard here at the Rogers Center, and I mean the approach from him. Even when he like he grounded into a double play, I think it was like, the third or fourth time up, and then I believe he had he had a the double another play on, ball was out. tough. He
1: hit that ball really hard, and that's
0: and that's the thing, right? Like I think with with Varsho, and that's kind of the reason I bring it up. A lot of his approach just looks a little more different, and certainly it's great that the first time he comes up, he blasts a, a home run because he just looks, he looked more confident, which I'm sh- I'm sure helps when you are are scuffling a little bit. And you know, he brings so much with the defense and the base running, certainly as well. So it was nice to see him kind of kind of really start it today with a a massive bomb and it wasn't a cheap shot either like he absolutely obliterated that that ball my goodness he hit that ball almost into like the schneider's porch area out there so he crushed that one it was it was good to see it and i I, you know you're not going to get five rbi a game from varsho going forward but it'll it'll be nice to have for him to have something to build on because he had been scuffling offensively for so much of the year
1: yeah i mean quite literally a career high so so you can't expect that every day but I, i think when you talk about approach He's really struggled against the high fastball this year, and he didn't hit high fastballs in this game. I think he just laid off a lot of them, and it's hard. It's the hardest pitch maybe to lay off of in all of baseball. It's what you know a lot of pitchers use a lot of the time to generate strikeouts is that high and tight fastball, but he especially has a lot of trouble getting to it, and he took a lot of borderline pitches top or just above the zone on the fastball, and that allowed him to get some pitches that were more in his zone. I mean, the home run, frankly, was a pitch left right over the middle of the plate, but he didn't get himself out before that mistake was made, and then... On the other side of the coin, he jumped on a sweeper. That wasn't the worst pitch in the world from Jamison Tyone, but if you're going to get a sweeper in the hit zone for you, if you're Dalton Varsha, which was in the bottom half of the zone, you may as well go after it, and he squared that ball up perfectly. I mean, line drive right up the middle with two outs and the bases loaded. That was a, a really, really pivotal hit in the game. The Blue Jays were potentially not going to get some of those insurance runs to turn this one into a laugher after back-to-back strikeouts from Biggio and Jansen with the bases loaded. And Varsho made sure uh, that, you know, that the Cubs really paid for those bases loaded runners that were out there. It must've been in the, uh, in the fourth inning. So I I think that, you know, it is a huge day for Varsho overall and, and hopefully for his confidence in general and and maybe you know he can take some of that stuff with some of the pitches that he was not swinging at near the top of the zone and, and apply it going forward against uh philadelphia and and cincinnati a pair of national league teams that he might know a little bit better from his work last year
0: a uh, quick update from the john schneider press conference his uh his usual post game availability keegan matheson uh just tweeting this out about 13 minutes ago uh, matt chapman because he was scratched today with the right middle finger inflammation. And Ben Wagner actually said on the broadcast that when he went down pregame that he ran into Ross Atkins, and he asked Ross Atkins, like, hey, what's what's going on with Matt Chapman? And he said even he, at that specific moment, did not know because he was going in to talk to the medical staff to get a further update. So it must have happened, like, right before the game started today. So Keegan tweeting this out. From, I guess, John Schneider talked about it just about 15 minutes ago, Matt Chapman was putting a dumbbell back in the weight room and pinched his middle finger between the weight and the rack, which sounds extremely painful. Yeah. Um, especially for someone like me who does not lift weights, I'll freely admit that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, hey, I mean, it, it doesn't sound like it is overly overtly serious, pardon me. So if that's the case, uh, Keegan making this note as well, the off day, come at a good time for Matt Chapman.
1: Yeah, it could be one of those things where... It was hurting today and maybe better to just let it heal up today and tomorrow you kind of bank like a, a double day off by getting him off today and you can keep him ready for the series coming up a couple very important series approaching obviously for the blue jays
0: 416-870-0590 590 star 590 on your cell let's go to the phones jay in north york jay what's on your mind welcome to jay stock
3: Oh, hey, guys. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about Whit Merrifield. My goodness, what an amazing streak he's on. He's the Wit Merrifield of the Kansas City Royal Haydays. So right now the Blue Jays have, between Merrifield and Bichette, two players who've led the league in base hits, I think four or five of the last six years. And when Bo gets healthy, keeping these two hopefully at the top of the lineup uh, with a little bit of power behind them, if Guerrero could start swinging the bat, and uh, Springer as well, if they keep them third or fourth, I don't know what they're going to do. That could be a really, really great resurgence of some runs, possibly turn things around. That being said, I like to look to the future. There's a lot of redundancy in the second-base position. Uh, Merrifield really would be playing uh, second-base every day if Marshall was better. But the fact that he plays a really excellent left field and a really excellent second base makes him such a valuable piece I see Matt Chapman not being signed next year. I just think somebody's going to offer him, like, five years of 100 or $120 million, and I don't see that being the Jays. So here's the question. 2024 season, and I know it's premature. We haven't even reached the postseason of 2023. Do you think that the Blue Jays would be in on Merrifield? I believe it's a mutual option at $18 million, which is going to be about the same as a qualifying offer for a free agent anyways. And then, obviously, with Bashad and Espinal, maybe one of them ends up not being on the team next year, or maybe they're both on the team next year. Who knows? So, what do you guys see with Merrifield and/or the second base position going forward?
0: Hey, hey Jay, I appreciate the call. Thanks for joining us on Jays Talk. It's a it's a very good question because yeah. with Merrifield, he's I think he's 34, and so if he yeah. is, he's going to be 35 by the time the season starts next year. And so it's kind of I think it is, there is a valid question to ask whether or not. The Blue Jays and a lot of teams probably feel he can continue to do what he's doing at age 35, and I, I think like the for me, and, and Jay's right in that the it'll the amount of the, of the money that'll be owed to Wit if he if they if both uh, opt into this mutual option is going to be near the qualifying offer. So I think like if you're just talking about the one year, I think you you do it and you hope he he replicates that production. Now, having said that, I almost feel like it would be better for Wit to not actually take the mutual option and maybe just sign a maybe a two- or three-year deal that will maybe guarantee you a little bit more than $18 million over those three years. Maybe it ends up being like $30 million over three years. Maybe it's slightly less than that over three years, a three-year deal. Maybe that third year is a, a club option, for example, with whatever team he ends up signing with. Because I think it's a good question from Jay, too, because... I. I don't think necessarily think it it, it it can lock him into second base. Like I've long said maybe Witt should only be at second. They go out and get someone else to be in the outfield. The opposite could also be true. You could also, in theory, have Witt only in the outfield and get someone else to be the everyday second baseman, which is very possible. Whatever happens, though, I think he obviously needs to remain an everyday player because he has been so, so good. Four hits for Witt Merrifield today. Again, four-hit Witt instead of two-hit Witt. And, uh, yeah, I, the, the the future has no, certainly been not certain with Wits, but um, I, I do wonder if maybe a long longer-term deal might not be what he's looking for.
1: Yeah, I, I would lean that he's probably thinking about that. I mean, you mentioned his age and his production right now. The, the one year at 18, I mean, is, is a boatload of money. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It would be more money than he's made – in a single season at any point in his career, if I'm not mistaken, like significantly more money, actually. Uh, he's making around $3 million-ish uh, this year, I believe, and uh, he would be making, or I think like $6 million this year, and he'd be making yeah, $18 million. <laughs> but at the same time, would he make more the year after and the year after that yeah. if he bet on another one-year deal? Then he has to keep the production up. So much so, again, that now at age 35, going on 36, he would be garnering another deal. So I I do think that Witt more than likely tries to cash in for a multi-year deal here. There is certainly a possibility that the Blue Jays would be interested in something like that. I I think it is hard to know, honestly, at this point, what is going on. I I do think that, you know, they get, as well as Hyunjin Ryu has pitched the last two days, they talked about it a bit on the broadcast, Ben Wagner, Chris LaRue, and I, I agree with Ben that it doesn't, seem like ryu is leading towards uh or that that whole thing is leading towards a a reunion next year with ryu that's 20 million off the books a lot of money matt chapman by most uh you know just general sports media outlets is rated as one of the top free agents this offseason i I agree with jay that feels unlikely he's getting
0: paid like a bazillion
1: dollars someone. so then that's 10 million off if we say he's gone that's 30 million dollars for one season, just to work with and you're not giving that all to Whit Merrifield, but that is a lot of money. If you could work out, you know, some sort of two three year deal that might fit everyone's needs, I, I think it's definitely possible. And, and yeah, with with each increasing day, uh, it does feel like the Blue Jays need Whit Merrifield more and more on this team. We'll just see if uh, if they're willing to pay guys uh, a little bit later into their careers than the Blue Jays traditionally have done in their history, which usually does not. Uh, lead towards those kind of Yankee Red Sox contracts where guys are paid until they're, you know, thirty six, thirty seven.
0: Yeah, I think you're. I think you and, and Jay are Right in that. You know, maybe a, the, the team could look premature as though though it may be the team could look very different next year with if if all of. And I think Merrifield is the most likely to resign, but if all of Merrifield, Chapman. Belt, Kiermaier, and Ryu are could all be gone.
1: They could all be gone, <laughs>
0: right? Yeah. So they, they could be. Maybe there's a youth movement. Maybe uh, maybe uh, Jamer Candelario is going to be playing in Toronto yeah. next year. Who knows? But uh, maybe it's the Martinez we're talking about, or Addison Barger, or more about David Schneider. Who knows? There's a lot of a lot of options free agent wise when you look to- towards 2024.
1: Yeah, and I think those three names you brought up play a lot into it too. They have three guys that that in theory can play kind of third base and second base yeah. in Barger, Martinez, Schneider. Now, it's varying prospect reputation, varying production so far, varying age. You know, all of them could be on the Major League team. Yeah. None of them could be on the Major League team. True. I really think both are possible. I think they're all going to get a shot. But uh, the Blue Jays, I think, might be assessing right now what they have in some of these guys while also looking at the possibilities of people like. Chapman probably a little bit and Merrifield uh, I would think a lot more realistically I I don't think you know the the names of uh, Espinal and Biggio were brought up in that call I I think there's a chance that one or both of them could be on the bench again for this team next year I don't think either of them threaten though uh, currently despite you know both of them hitting better recently to be an everyday player on next year's team. 416-870-0590, 1-886-066-0590,
0: 416-870-0590, triple 590 star 590 on your cell. Those are the numbers to call, 590-590, name and location. You're listening to Jay's Top. We're going to st- step aside, take a very quick break. When we come back, back to those phone lines, back to the text line as well. Take a look at your answers for uh, what is an acceptable record for the Blue Jays in this uh, next eight-game stretch. At home for two against the Phillies, three in Cincy against the Reds, three in Baltimore against the O's. So still some time to give us a call or send us a text. We'll also take a look at the Bet365 standings update. And let me tell you, if you don't like the Yankees, you're going to like the update on the other side of the break. You're listening to Jay's Talk, Sean Ben with you on the Sportsnet Radio Network.
3: You mentioned kind of how Danny had a target on its back, it seems like. What was your reaction that first time he got hit again?
4: Uh, you know, I think that was the first thing that came to my mouth. But uh, um, I went out there and I, I tried to make him laugh. I said, what are you doing? And he said, what do you mean, what am I doing? And I was, I was trying to make him laugh. He was he was pissed, you know. He was he's sick of getting hit. But... Um, it's weird you know what i mean it's it's um you know he's kind of on top of the plate and his hands kind of hang out over there too but it was uh you know it's scary you know that position catcher you're getting beat up and it's usually behind the plate not at the plate um hopefully hopefully it stops for him and for us
0: that is john schneider chatting about danny jansen getting hit by not one but two pitches today ben Uh, what do you think he said darn shoot crikey (laughs) uh that's uh that's what John Schneider had to say after uh, Jano got hit by another pitch he did not Jano did not look very pleased no he has been in, in John Schneider's own words a, a ball magnet as of late but he was the only guy to not get a hit today uh, he did walk but um you know what you faced three times Hit by two pitches it's very true uh, but you know I think Danny Jansen probably sick of getting hit by pitches at this point because sure. he has been yeah like we said an absolute ball magnet but thankfully he seems to be okay as the Blue Jays take an 11-4 win over the Cubs to salvage the series here at Rogers Center. Before we get back to the phones and back to the text line, let's quickly check out the Major League Standings Watch presented by Bet365. With Bet365, you can watch thousands of live games, build your own bet, and you can even make a bet while the game is still being played. 19-plus play responsibly, Ontario only. The Baltimore Orioles currently tied 1-1 with the Seattle Mariners. That's certainly a game everyone will be monitoring going forward, although because the Blue Jays did win today, if the Mariners do win this game, ultimately, not that it means nothing, but the Blue Jays will still be in a playoff spot at the end of the day because they won today and the Mariners lost last night. Uh, but either way, the Baltimore Orioles are seventy two and forty five entering play today. All the other teams in the American League East are uh, have done, have they finished their games today. I mentioned the Yankees game. Uh, they were taking on the Miami Marlins at Lone Depot Park in Miami. They were leading I believe it was seven to three in the bottom of the ninth yep. inning. Clay Holmes, their Pretty reliable closer comes out to the mound. Josh Bell reaches on an error. Two runs come in to score. Luis Ariz with a two RBI triple in the bottom of the ninth inning to tie the game, and Jake Berger walking it off with an RBI single, and the Miami Marlins beat the New York Yankees after trailing seven three in the ninth. They win eight to seven, and uh, Clay Holmes and Aaron Boone. Uh, well, it was in Miami, but uh, they heard the booze from the traveling Yankees fans because uh, I mean, it's I, like you're home
1: away from home if you're a New York team and you're in Florida.
0: Yeah, they. Whew, that's that's a rough one. Although, if you're a Blue Jays fan, I suspect you do not have much sympathy for the Yankees or their fans. Uh, the Red Sox did double up the Tigers today, six to three. Trevor Story had quite the game in that win for Boston, and the Guardians pummeled the Rays nine to two the final for Cleveland. So, with all of that being said, here's the current standings of the American League East. We mentioned that Baltimore is 72 and 45, the Rays are 71 and 49 following the loss, Blue Jays with the win 66 and 54, the Red Sox with their win 62 and 56, and the Yankees with the loss are 60 and 58 at the bottom of the American League East bend.
1: Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's a, it's a solid day for the Blue Jays American League Eastwise, and the good thing about when you win is a game like Orioles Mariners, there's always going to be some benefit for you now. Either you end up gaining a game today on the Orioles or you create a, at least a tiny bit of a cushion here on the Mariners, and I could see Blue Jays fans wanting that to go either way depending on how optimistic or pessimistic you feel about the Blue Jays' chances within the division.
0: 416-870-0590, 666 590 star 590 on your cell. Still some time to give us a call. Uh, Billy from Markham. Billy, what's on your mind? Welcome to J-Stock. Good morning, today.
5: Good, man. How's it going? What's up? Good. Good going. good. L- listen, I- I'll get to you what I think they're ready. they should do in these next eight games, but I- I'll get to some of the stuff that's been brought up very quickly. Whit Merrifield is a must sign next year. Okay. A must sign because if the Jays don't want him, 29 other teams will take him. If I had nine guys on the field like Whit Merrifield, I'd be going to the playoffs for sure. Billy, do you do the you do the mutual option be, for Whit? Do you do the mutual well, option? Yeah, well, I, I hope I, I hope they rip that up and give him a two or three year contract. Okay, I, I really think he's deserved it. Very okay. simply put, all year long I've been hearing some of the some of the the, the talkers on the show. Uh, tell me that Bo Bichette should be in the cleanup spot. There, we have our number one and two hitters. It's Bo and Maryfield, and I don't want to hear anything else. Put the rest of the guys wherever you want to put them, but they're at the top of our lineup, and it's that simple. Simple as that. As for Matt Chapman, Matt Chapman can go. Matt Chapman is a you know a very good defensive third baseman that hasn't hit a lick all year except for the beginning of the year. And I'll tell you this. This is to you, Roger Lishois, and all the other scores down at the stadium, I'll tell you this, he has gotten a lot of charitable calls at third base this year that were flat out errors that if they come around to score our earned runs against our starting pitcher or relief pitcher, absolutely charitable calls for Matt Chapman. Matt Chapman can go, we don't need him. Simple as that. We'll rebuild. Finally, guys, finally, am I hearing people, am I hearing this right when I listen to this show? Am I hearing people tell me that four and four and five and three is good in the next eight games? You better give your heads a shake. The Seattle Mariners ran off eight in a row. The Cincinnati Reds ran off 12 in a row. We got 40 games left in this season. It better be six and two, seven and one, maybe eight and zero. That's what we got to do to get into the playoffs. Four and four, five and three is flat out not good enough. And because we're playing Baltimore, let's not forget Boston. Had, Boston beat us seven straight, and we walked in there and swept them. We got to be thinking sweep Orioles, not let, let's just play the game right and go two and one or one and two. It's time to get serious, guys. We're fighting for our lives, and this is a team that's supposed to win the damn World Series. Four and four don't cut it, and five and three don't cut it. That's all I got. Later.
0: See you, Billy. Thanks for cho- thanks for calling in. A uh, lot of lot of passion from Billy, as usual, Ben. Love the passion. Uh, so, uh, first of all, I agree with the Whit Merrifield thing. I, I I think he is the the one guy who I want I I really want to see. I wouldn't actually I be opposed to Kiermaier coming back on a short shorter term deal given his age,
1: but I wouldn't be opposed uh, to Belt either, to be honest. Yeah,
0: he's he's played pretty well, all things considered. Been a good lefty bat, but I think of, of all the guys who are on on perhaps on their way out next year, I think Witt is probably the guy I I would agree with most. And yeah, if it's a let's say it's a two year deal that pays him twenty five million dollars with an option for a third year, that's not a terrible deal, honestly. If it's like twelve and a half million over two years for example right each year pardon me so that's something I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing for for Whit Merrifield going into his age I guess 36 season and then you can make another decision after those two years uh for the record thing I'm going to read some more text here I see Gilbert and Woodstock Five and three. There was no name on this one. It's just hit nowhere, bust, which is a uh, very always very. Optimistic. I guess Billy sent that one. <laughs> Maybe Billy did send that one. Uh, and uh, Liz in Ottawa says, "I'll be at the Orioles, so I'm really hoping for the win." The following Tuesday, I agree with four and four at a minimum, five and three preferable. But I mean, the points about and you made this point yourself about the the Mariners kind of nipping at your heels a little bit. You kind of do have to win a bunch of games here just to keep pace with them. It would seem.
1: Yeah, and again, we uh, like at least what I was thinking is the minimum acceptable record. You always want to go 8-0, and, and, like, the players, we're not saying what the players should be thinking here, if that's what Billy was commenting on. Obviously the players should be going in there trying to win every single game, but I, I think if you go 4-4 four and four in this stretch, like, the other teams are all above 500. They're also trying to win all of those games, and they also win more games than they lose. So I, I, I'm not saying that you should raise a trophy above your head at 4-4, four and four. Uh, But one thing that the Blue Jays have done while they haven't gone on many win streaks this year is they haven't had many losing streaks either. And I think if you can just kind of chip away at the schedule and then try and build up a really big win streak from the 25th until the 10th when you play Cleveland at home, Washington at home, Colorado on the road. Oakland on the road and the Kansas City Royals at home.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that that puts you in a pretty good spot. Yeah, I would, I would, I
0: would agree as well. Definitely, there, there might be some dicey moments in the next eight games, perhaps, but it's possible. But th- this is also a team that I think. You know what? They they've had some ups and downs when when faced with adversity. I mean, what was the there was a, a big question mark over this team heading into Boston, and then they swept the, they swept them right. Yeah. There was a big question mark about over this team when they played the Diamondbacks coming off of the All Star break, and they swept that series too, right? So and, and and again for all of those good moments, they've been some really low moments as well that you can't gloss over those by any means whatsoever. But it is uh, pretty interesting to see how the Blue Jays can bounce back in certain situations. And you hope this 11-4 win today is something they can build on going into certainly the short two-game set against the Phillies and then into Cincy, into Baltimore as well. Um, I wanted to play a quick clip, Ben. This is uh, John Schneider talking to Shai Davidi about elements that can be sustained offensively i thought this was an interesting uh, little idea because we ha- we've been kind of asking this question ourselves right like what can you take away and build on going forward so here's shy talking to the blue jay skipper john schneider
1: uh, from an offensive perspective what would you say that you saw from the guys today that you'd say, I want this to be sustainable? Obviously, 11 runs isn't always going to be sustainable, but. Sure it is. Yeah. <laughs> theory. Uh, <laughs> approach-wise, what what elements from the approach that you saw do you think can be sustainable?
4: I think taking pitches that are borderline strikes, for one, um, it's, getting, it's getting big hits in big spots. You know, three-run homers are huge, and then. Two run singles with two outs are huge. So I think it's just really being selective with what you want to do and knowing what you can handle, you know. And that's, you know, guys, they know that. And baseball's hard, you know what I mean? Pitchers are attacking uh, certain areas, and it's a game of adjustment. So I think it's just being ready for that and how you're going to kind of pivot whenever you have to. But you look at, you know, walks, like, you know, Kavanaugh on base three times um you know george walks it's just certain things like that you know vladi gets a hit Varsh clips him, and then Varsh hits a single so it's just little things that kind of blend together but it just starts with pitch selection
0: that is john schneider chatting about uh, what is what is offensively sustainable with the blue jays uh, shy davidi of sportsnet asking him that question as well you know you mentioned a couple players there certainly and talked about dalton varsho you know one guy and we haven't really talked about him too much today but uh, and I said I've said this a million times, and Barker has said this a million times as well. So is Blair. But uh, the idea been that you know a lot of the offensive responsibility falls on the biggest bats, certainly, especially more so with Bo Bichette not in the lineup right now. But uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. had a, a, I would say a, a decent outing today. Two I think ribby doubles. Uh, pardon me, ribby singles. Singles. Yeah. And uh, you know what, Bo? Uh, pardon me, Vladdy has been one of the better hitters on the team, if not in the division, when it comes to runners in scoring position, and two outs. Yeah. He actually has been quite, if, if, if that is something you can, in theory, use to quantify being quote-unquote clutch, but Vladi actually, it's, it's all the other times that you kind of get frustrated with Vladi sometimes, but with uh, runners runners on and uh, in a scoring position and two outs, he's actually been pretty good.
1: Yeah, and it was big today that I think they they put some guys on in front of him because it does feel like when there are runners in scoring position, I mean, he's over a three hundred hitter just general with runners in scoring position and hitting close to four hundred with two outs of runners in scoring position. It does feel like he really, you know, just kind of settles down and hits singles uh, fairly easily. I do still think, you know, not to nitpick a day where you drive in two runs and you go two for five. I think pretty much every major leaguer takes that day pretty much every day. You know, I still think they're looking for – more doubles, more homers with runners in scoring position from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. It does happen to be a lot of singles, but in a day where he was given multiple opportunities, uh, he came through multiple times, and the, and the team in general was able to provide some of that extra base power outside of him with the show Homer and the Merrifield double. So I, I do think that it's a good day overall for Guerrero, and yeah, they, they do continue to get some of that production with runners in scoring position in terms of, of hitting those RBI singles from Vladdy.
0: 416-870-0590, 590 star 590 on your cell. Let's go back to the phones. Ian joining us from Guelph. Ian, what's on your mind? Welcome to J-Stock.
6: Hi, guys. Um, first time caller here. Uh, just calling in. Kind of wanted to, you know, show some optimism for, for sure. how things have gone since, uh, since the injury bug got the team recently. Um, like I know earlier in the season, um, you know, People people were thinking, Oh, if you know a starter goes down or really, I mean the the only player that was truly performing offensively probably to expectations was Bo earlier in the year. So oh, if he goes down we're we're screwed. But uh yeah, I mean like like they've gone seven and six since uh since August first since both uh Jordan and Bo have been out of the line. I'm sorry, I'm on a I was on a run. But uh yeah, like it's it's honestly gone a lot better than, than I was expecting or than I think it could have. So just uh good to maybe take a step back sometimes and put things in the perspective a bit
0: all right well hey where how long did you go for a run for what was the what was the the cave the kilometer mileage today
6: oh i just uh i just started i'm just uh okay. maybe a kilometer maybe two in here so um yeah yeah i, I don't know I, i'm feeling good about things right now like i know I, i'm just gonna try and hope that uh you know what what everyone's saying what the team is saying and uh, and John's saying is true that you know the team hasn't shown its best yet <laughs>
0: Yeah, hey, Ian, I appreciate the call, man. Thanks for joining us. Safe uh, safe travels. On at your, two kilometers, cl- I stop, by <laughs> yeah, the way. That's, <laughs> that's, where that's, where that's not
1: where I start at. It's kind of where I, where I I'm finish at. I'm
0: more of a cycling, stationary bike kind of guy. That's where, that's kind yeah. of where I feel. then you're inside. You don't yeah, have it's to nice. you don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to be outside. Watch yet. a baseball game it's on your TV. Yeah. Maybe that's what Ian is doing. Maybe he's on a treadmill. We don't know. It's true. Know, that so. is true, actually.
1: We did not clarify that. I do. I mean, again, like I don't think it's. Amazing, but I also think it's a point worth noting that 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 Ian mentioned. You know, it'd be great if they were more games above 500 in this 17-game stretch overall, where they went nine and eight, or in this stretch since the trade deadline, where they've gone seven and six. But it also could be a lot worse, like yeah, they, yeah. you know, given the fact, like he mentioned, that you're missing Bichette, you're missing Romano. Just a day or two after that, you're missing Richards. Danny Jansen has been in and out of your lineup over that stretch today. You were missing Matt Chapman. Uh, Certainly a lot has gone awry in terms of the personnel side. Uh, Still, they probably could have won more games, but they also could have lost more games. So I I think it's not worth like throwing a party over, but it's also it's solid enough that they could have, you know, slipped back with Seattle playing their best baseball of the season and multiple of the most important players on the team hurt. And instead, they at least kept themselves in the race.
0: Ian was talking a little bit about the stretch of games this team has gone through with guys who are injured. Certainly Bo Bichette is one of those guys, something you mentioned as well. And it's something we've all talked about over the last little while. 17 games in 17 days was a stretch, a particularly onerous stretch it kind of felt like. For the Jays to overcome. He talked about the six man rotation. What were they going to do? John Schneider was asked about this as well. So let's hear what he had to say about playing 17 games in 17 days without their star shortstop, Bo Bichette.
1: You're through the 17 and 17 now, looking back at it, you know, with no Bo, no Romano, and various, you know, Danny Pincushion and
6: Chapman. Um, do you look back at you survived it, or how do you look back on, on the run?
4: I mean, you look back on it, and it was, you know, it was winning baseball, it was above 500. And when you really kind of take a step back and say, you know, you lose your best hitter, the guy that's leading the league in hitting, it's it's tough. Um, so yeah, there's some ups and downs, you know, you you sweep Boston and you you know, you know play okay in Cleveland and you come here and, and you get one out of three, but it's, uh, you know, I thought we did fine. You know, uh, the pitching and defense has been as consistent, you know, as anyone all year. And, um, you know, I think that the guys are going to be coming back at the right time. But it's uh, 17 in a row at this point of year is tough for the guys, and I thought they handled it really well.
1: I think fine, a pretty adequate word there from John Schneider. Like, sure. it's not great, it's not terrible. It was fine, and at least some positive news on the injury front – coming down as well mlb.com's keegan matheson blue jays reporter uh tweeting out just about a half hour ago that jordan romano is back with the blue jays now and it's lined up for him to be activated tuesday ben wagner had mentioned today on the radio broadcast that there is a a thought that bo bichette might go out to buffalo for rehab on tuesday with potentially the idea of him joining the team on the road trip in cincinnati on friday so you know if they can take some of the solid or fine really is probably a better word fine play that they've had keep that going and then add back a Bichette a Romano a Trevor Richards sure. into the mix maybe even Kevin Kiermeyer in the near future as well who unfortunately had a bit of a freak incident caused his injury it
0: sounds like Kiermeyer was only really out because he didn't want the stitches to split to re- not because he like, can't play basically yeah yeah
1: yeah so a lot of these, you know, maybe outside of Boba whose injury was, you know, fairly serious. A lot of these seemed like let's get them on the IL now so they're not injured later. Maybe this team is gearing up. You know, maybe Billy's right. Maybe they're about to go 8-0. Maybe they can add all this in and really get on a huge run.
0: Uh, ben, that kind of does it for us here on the program uh, for, for quite some time, actually. You and I are not going to do Jays talk again until closer to I think the end of August, because uh, actually you will be calling the Phillies series, the Red series, and the Oreo series. Yeah. So uh, good. Li- I mean, I'm going to be around. You and I will yeah, see, see, we'll see, see each I'll other see pretty them, often, like pretty but, much every day. <laughs> pretty, that pretty, pretty much. That I'm, much that I'm yeah, we're not, not going to miss each other because <laughs> we're going to be sitting next to each other most of the time, regardless. But it is uh, it is fun. I'm excited for you. I think uh, I'm I'm excited to hear. Your call of um, anything Ellie De La Cruz does, I hope it's not anything crazy. Let's be real, but uh, he's a he's a special kind of player.
1: Yeah, well, thank you. It should be a lot of fun. And I called Ellie De La Cruz at High A last oh, year when okay. I was working in the Midwest League. So uh, to do it again this year at the major league level will be uh, a pretty crazy moment. Should be fun.
0: That is Ben Schulman. I'm Show Ali. Thank you for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, brought to you by Crown Rust Protection. New and used vehicle prices are rising, and inventory is scarce. Avoid the hassle of buying premature by making your vehicle last longer with Crown Rust Protection. For a special summer offer on Rust Protection, visit crown.com today. So for Ben Shulman, Ben Wagner, Chris LaRue, Tom Young, Luke Squadron, Nick Blackmore, I'm Show Ali. We're out of here. A day off tomorrow for everyone means that Blair and Barker are back on J-Stock this Tuesday. I am back next weekend solo with the Jays and Cincy. I'll talk to you then.